your business to succeed? Technology can take you there. Let's throw open the IT closet door and explore how technology can impact your goals. Join us on Business Plus Tech Equals Success with your host, VP of Sales and Marketing of Cinetech Solutions, Nancy Hendrikes. This episode is brought to you by Cinetech Solutions. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Business Plus Tech Equals Success. And guess what? Yes, I am excited for this guest. I'm excited for the conversation that we're going to have because I think everybody needs to hear this. So I've been talking about cybersecurity, 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 and I know it might get monotonous, but I'm pretty sure that my guest is not going to let us get to that point with what we're going to talk about. We've already talked about having some rants or going on some rants here before we started recording. So prepare yourselves. Eric, will you introduce yourself, please? Hi, Nancy. It's Eric Pinto with Sock Solder. How are you? Good. I am good. We do have some fun in store, I think, for, for folks to, that are listening uh, to this episode. And so let's jump right in. So you said Sock Solder. Mm-hmm. Tell us what does your company do? We focus in uh, cybersecurity and compliance, uh, typically for business groups uh, between five and 500 employees. And, and we work sort of exclusively through the managed services channel. So typically through a third party uh, IT services company. Okay, so I'm glad that you, you brought that up. So if somebody wanted to work with you, they would have to make sure that their MSP or managed service provider uses you guys. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that part of the relationship is pretty easy to to form uh, to formalize. Uh, we get a lot of you know because of the specific areas of coverage that, that we offer, and I think the uniqueness of it. You know, we're dealing with things like CMMC, which I'm sure we'll go into later, and we're dealing with like liability insurance, which we'll go over that as well. But we're dealing with these really unique sort of business case areas, so we get a lot of interest from from end customers. Um, bring it, bring it. We're, we love it. We'll have the conversation with you. We'll talk to you a little bit about more broadly about the concerns that may be out there, and, and those conversations are free. <laughs> and then, uh, and then from there, typically we're we're either working with their team and in, in educating their team on our on our capabilities and, and forming the partnership there, and or we're introducing them maybe to a team uh, that can provide expertise in their local area. Uh, we're based in Maryland, uh, but we do serve service glo- globally. So the way that we're able to do that is through uh, through our partnerships uh, you know, here, certainly here in the U.S. and across the globe. Awesome. Well, that's good to know because, um, you know, if if for some reason an MSP is not utilizing uh, you as a resource, then they can in- make the introduction and pick it up from there. So that's that's good to know and to start off with as we go through the conversation of what you guys do. So I am on your website and I see very big and bold managed detection response platform. So tell us what is managed detection response? I mean, all just fancy words and uh, that the marketing teams like to string together because they sound great. But I mean, the reality is whether you're talking about MDR, managed detection response, XDR, EDR, NDR, there's all, there's all these different terms. They really come down to the same thing, which is having a level of awareness uh, over the network and over the, the data that a company might might own, right, or or be responsible for. So that could be their 
their own their own information you know maybe they have the secret recipe for uh you know for their product or uh maybe they have patient records if they're in the healthcare field they may have credit card data you know they may have financial details or or if they're a law firm they'll have they'll have legal information this information while while they have it you know someone needs to be responsible for it typically the that business entity would 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 own that responsibility but then the next step of that is is having a some level of awareness and the ability to to know who's accessing their data when they're accessing it and then having the ability to detect the access and then respond to it appropriately so that's where that dr uh, comes into it we love our acronyms in the it world we, we, <laughs> so we, i love that it started do. off with mdr xdr edr yeah, that's right that's right that's where i start ranting <laughs> It's confusing for our business owners that we're engaging. It's confusing even for the service providers and technologists that are dealing with it because, you know, you you talk to three different companies and they're all using the same term or maybe three different terms and maybe it's a term that they made up. (laughs) But, um, you know, you sort of have to, you have to zoom out. You have to zoom out from all of those things and say, well, what is the goal? Why, Why do I need this? And what is the goal? And the goal is to have greater awareness over the, over the data. Right? And, over, and over the systems that are in place. So somebody who may have, let's say a CPA firm who has uh, financial records, uh, social security numbers, this would be something that they would utilize in order to figure out uh, whether someone is accessing that data that shouldn't be accessing it or should be, but is misutilizing the data? How does that work exactly? Yeah, CPA, I'm, I'm glad you brought them up because CPAs and accountants uh, fall in, under a, a pretty new or, or newly updated uh, uh, guideline, the FTC safeguards rule, which was, uh, which was rolled out in, I believe, January of 2022 um, as requirements for, for people in that, in that space to at minimum, secure the data for the for the customers that they have. So, uh, if if they're a CPA, they've got all types of accounting information, and other information about their clients. Uh, they need to secure that data. Then they also need to have some capacity for 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 incident response. So, if that data ever got out, if a if a computer, you know, you, you go to Starbucks and you leave your computer unlocked and and you come out, you know, go to the bathroom and come out and your computer's stolen. Well, that data that's on there. If it pertains to citizens, to people, uh, there's a responsibility to A, alert those people that the data got out. In many cases, B, alert your wider customer base that you had that you had a, a breach, right, or, or, or concern. You need to have the appropriate systems in place so that you know what data is being accessed at any given time. And that's where these these services like like MDR, EDR, that's where they come up. You know, it's it's funny that you um, bring up that it is the responsibility of the business owner and and quite frankly, the responsibility of every employee. So if there's any kind of policies in place for the employees on how they handle data, there should be. What I find funny about it is that people did not have to think about this years ago, Correct. this level of responsibility when it came to data. If you're starting a business today, that is a, a level of consideration that you have to have for your technology uh, is can you keep your data safe as you are doing business? So it's a level that people didn't have to think about before and and the investment that goes into that is something that should be considered as well. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. It's not only if you're starting a business today, but like I, like I mentioned, these FTC safeguards rules were put into place 
in the past year to year and a half. So, uh, and, and there were actually rules that were in place before that, but, you know, sort of controlling bodies got together and said, well, let's, let's revamp what we're, what, what's required and what business entities need to do. So you could, you could have had your business for 30 years. You're actually probably in a worse spot. If you've been in business, you know, small business on main street, you hung your shingle up 30 years ago, you're actually likely in a worse spot because you've been doing things in your own way for 30 years. And now there may be a challenge. There may be, you know, a requirement to do things very differently than the way you've done them in the past. For sure is something to think about. I'm sure that people are listening to this, like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> if they didn't know, uh, now, you know, and it's something to consider and to, you know, reach out to experts to help you navigate through that. Let me simplify it before we before we go further, because I think that we get trying to steer this away from these different terms that, that you know, sort of go over, over everyone's head. The simple sort of litmus test that, I, that I've, I've used consistently over the last couple of years is, you know, if a business is managing or maintaining sensitive data, so whether that be PII, which is personally identifiable information, so your social security number, your any identifiers about you or you or your family, um, you know, that's important. Uh, if you've got that type of data, if you've got sensitive information, PII, PCI, which would be credit card information, um, the, the, the healthcare information under HIPAA, um, uh, PHI, if you have that type of data, so if you think of the different, again, zooming out, these different business entities. So if you're in, in the accounting sphere, if you're in the insurance game, if you're in mortgage, if you're a law firm, you fall under, you fall, every one of those verticals fall under this challenge of managing sensitive data, right? Uh, so if you manage sensitive data, it is you, your business entity's responsibility to secure it while you've got it. So whether you're storing it, whether you're transacting it, which means I email you or you email me, or you fax me, right? Let's go old school. Now you fax it, and it's not only not only <laughs> not only does it live on the sheet of paper, but it also lives in a little chip on that on that fax machine, right? All you know these, these multi-function printer fax fax machines will have a some some level of storage in there, and that you're responsible for it there. You're responsible for it if an employee uh, decides to again leave their laptop open. Any, any of those instances, the business entity is responsible for that data. And if it's exposed, they're responsible then for letting others know that that data got out. And that, that's like zooming out 50,000 feet over all this stuff. And, and I think it's, it's easy enough then for people to sort of identify with the challenge, right? Because everyone knows, you know, I would hope that a business owner at least knows their business enough to know that, hey, yeah, we're in mortgage. We do, you know, we do, you know, 20,000 transactions a year and, and, you know, and we've got all this data um, and, it, and, it, and it lives on a file server somewhere. That file server now needs to be secured. Full stop. Absolutely. And that's, um, that's a good way to also kind of assess the risk level that you have, right? So depending on how many clients you have, the sensitive, the type of sensitive information that you have, you know, and multiply that times you know, what your, or divide that, I guess, what your revenue is. Now you're looking at what your risk factor is when it comes to per client. So if you get breached and now you're talking about, let's say 30, 30 documents were stolen with 30 customers that you have to uh, notify. And so now that customer 
you're at risk for, for that customer and how they will do business with you. So if we go into an insurance topic, that's how they're figuring out how, at what level of insurance you should have and what your risk value is. Um, so I, I think that that's interesting that you say that because, I mean, ultimately speaking, that's how a business owner can think about it and say, I have this amount of revenue by this amount of customers. And if that were to be breached, how not only does it affect the revenue that it that could come from those customers, but also um, you know the reputation that that co- that that company has. So we're talking about a lot of layers here. Yeah, yeah, that that's a that's a great point. The you know I think a lot of times we focus on the tangibles, right? So you know I'm going to carry cyber liability insurance, right? And I'm going to have enough liability insurance that if if I were to get ransomware and somewhere to someone were to come up and say uh, you owe us, you know. 25k to release this data. Well, the the liability insurance might cover that, right? So, uh, depending on how secure you were in other ways and the other proactive steps you might have taken, uh, they'll say great and they'll cut the check and you'll you'll get that paid for. But then there's there's this intangible piece, right? This reputational hit. I, I used this example the other day. You know, you you look at these big breaches. You look at Home Depot. You look at Target. You look at these these national brands right or international brands you know when when home depot got hit recently ran um rack space right rack space right but when you look at when you look at them and you say you know and i'm keeping it at the consumer level like you you see target or home depot gets hit the very next weekend i went i probably went out and bought a hammer at home depot like i'm still gonna do business with them i see that i see it as so large that like it's almost like you know sort of like who cares? Like whatever, it's their deal. They'll they'll deal with it. And unless they unless my data got out, I'm not that concerned. And even even if it did, you know, it's it's huge, and I'm not that worried about it. Um, I I think there's a different reputational hit when you talk about you know a law firm on Main Street. I think there's a different reputational hit when you talk about your accounting when your accountant or your accounting firm, right? Because that's a very personal relationship, right? I don't have a personal relationship with Home Depot. Yes. Right, but I have a very personal relationship with with my lawyer, with my accountant, and when that per, when that firm has to go back come back out to their you know not not two million records but two hundred or twenty right, and they have to come back and they, they have to go to those two hundred people and say hey you know we had an issue, uh, you know your files got your files got exposed, you know I'm likely going to have a serious thought process around, do I want to keep doing business with them? And the, and the, and the answer many times, if not most times would be no. I think the reputational hit on main street to is, is much, is felt a lot bigger than some of these global hits that you, that you see like the rack space hit and these other hits. I think at least when it comes to rack space, there's certainly quite a few people that are considering, uh, not doing business with the rack space anymore, but because the question the question comes up of what are you doing to protect my data? You know, so as as consumers become more educated, then the more that consumers themselves are going to be bringing up these questions to their providers, you know, regardless of the business type. Yeah, you're right. There's an inverse of that though, because if you if you think about like a rack space, and and I'm not advocating for them one way or the other. Um, but you know, if, if you think about a global a global company that that's impacted, I think stat- statistics would say you know probably six 
six months or so after that breach and and, and forward, they they may be the safest place to do business. Right. <laughs> because they're going to spend the money. They're going to do the forensic work. They're going to spend the money. They're going to they're gonna secure their infrastructure. Um, you know the. The, the 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 main street or real world version of that is you know I live in a very nice neighborhood in, in the Dallas area my truck was broken into in front of my house um, I didn't have a camera system or or monitoring right if we bring it back to tech I didn't have monitoring uh, on my home the very next day I went out and I bought 12 cameras I've got cameras in every crevice in every corner <laughs> you can't come you can't come within within a hundred yards of my house without me knowing but I got it that I, I invested in it the day or the week after my truck was broken into. And how, how much do you regret doing it after versus beforehand? If, if I look at it for, you know, the, the pain and, 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 and loss and just the fact you feel violated when stuff like that happens versus the, you know, I don't know, just for a basic system, 300 bucks <laughs> for, for some cameras at a Costco. Uh, yeah, I feel pretty stupid. <laughs> Because I, I at least would have seen, you know, seen those jerks when they came up and, and, and grabbed the stuff out of my uh, out of my front seat. Right. I at least would have had, you know, maybe some information to share with the police or to share with the Neighborhood Watch Association uh, so that the next person wouldn't be impacted in the same way. Right. So so you, you sort of feel foolish. And when you start looking at the cost of cybersecurity, I know everyone gets really scared when you talk about cybersecurity. The fact is, in the past five years and certainly in the past two, um, the cost has come down quite a bit for, for the type of solutions that, that, that we're talking about, the type of awareness that we're talking about is, is incredibly reasonable now. So there is no reason why a business that's man managing or maintaining sensitive data uh, shouldn't at least be taking the steps to look into what, what best practice would look like or what good would look like. Yeah, you know, and that's an interesting point because, you know, al although, you know, a lot of these services or tools have become a lot more affordable for small businesses, let's say, uh, the the problem here, which we touched on earlier on in our talk, is a lot of these businesses weren't prepared for these costs. So they weren't budgeting for, for having this need, whereas now, you kind of have to, you know, the, the way that technology has gone and the way that any kind of compliance is going, there is now a need to shift, to shift how you think about technology and, and how you think about the expense of it. And instead of it being an expense on the top level, it's now operational. And so that mentality needs to shift when it comes to business owners and how they think about their technology costs and budgeting for it. Yeah, the, the driver, the the drivers that we see, the three drivers that I'm seeing right now is either regulation or compliance. And there's there's so many. I mean, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. But again, if you if you're managing or maintaining sensitive data, you likely have some responsibility there. Um, so that's 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 one driver that, that that's pushing organizations towards, I say, leveling up when it comes to to security. Uh, the other driver would be cyber liability insurance. Uh, those requirements have have strengthened quite a bit. Um, it used to be, you know, a very simple 10 to 20 question questionnaire and you were good to go. Um, that 10 to 20 questions has turned into 100 to 200 questions. Uh, they, they do a much deeper dive into, 
yeah, it does a much deeper dive into uh, the entity that's that's being covered, uh, the type of data or risk, as you said earlier, that, that they may have, and then ultimately the steps that they that they're taking currently to uh, to to secure it and be aware be aware of, of those concerns. That's the second big area, and then the third the th the third third thing that we're seeing is um, supply chain. So a uh, big vendor to little vendor, right? So if you're a little 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 vendor on, on Main Street, but you're producing a, a product or, or, or a service that's being consumed by a larger entity, those larger entities, because of their global concerns, because of their global mandates, are now are now passing those concerns all the way down to Main Street. So they're going and saying, hey, yes, we know you just make this nut or bolt or you provide this singular service for us, um, but we still need you to answer this, you know, maybe 100 or 200 questions about, about your overall cybersecurity posture, right? So um, that's been a big driver for us. So those three areas, cyber liability, uh, supply chain, and then the regulations themselves. That's a good point because we've definitely experienced that uh, being in the in the Houston area. We deal with a lot of oil and gas. Those regulations are coming down from you know the BPs, the Shells, the Lockheed Martins, exactly. all the way down to the suppliers, um, the smaller guys, um, even even consultants that um, just deal in literally just consulting, but any kind of data that is held that has to deal with is something that they need to make sure is protected throughout. So yeah, the next area, the next, you know, shoot or drop or whatever that term is, you know, I think it's going to be, and I know this is a big part of your audience is going to be MSP because the, what, what role does the MSP play in that, you know, where does their responsibility start or end, right? Uh, in securing the end customer and even the trust values to talk about reputational hit. You know, so the trust value, you know, where, where you've had this client for, you know, they're a 30 year old business and you've been supporting them for 20 years, but you haven't been uh, updating them on upcoming regulations and changes in the landscape and, and helping them to understand the, the security challenges that are out there or not presenting them with, with options that were viable from a cost perspective. That finger pointing lands back at the MSP, at the service provider to say, you know, when, when there is a breach, when there is a concern, you know, they're going back to the service provider and saying, well, you know, you guys didn't let me know. Or, or you know, or, or didn't emphasize maybe enough. When I said, "Well, no, we're not going to spend this year. We don't have budget." You didn't really double down on it and say, "Well, you actually need to be concerned about this." You know, I use the example of like, um, right? You, you know, I use, use this example a lot. Like, I, you know, you take your car in for service, and you know, you know, they're going to go through the bullet, you know, the checklist of, you know. 20 things that you could that you should do flush your fluids and change your windshield wipers and all that and you're like nope 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 i just need the tires right or i just need whatever right i'm just buying one tire what are you talking about <laughs> right uh, but 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 <laughs> i just need the oil changed i don't need the filter <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well hopefully you're gonna get the filter too but but but, but so 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 you go in and you're gonna buy you're gonna buy one tire right or two tires and then but then but then you know i always say well yeah that you know that I'm the guy that's like, nope, I'm not spending extra. I'm not spending extra. But as soon as the guy walks you around to the to that left rear tire and shows you that line that, that of the metal or whatever that's coming through that says, hey, this tire is done. Like it, it, it is about to pop. Like what what are you doing? You need four. When that person says, doesn't take not that they're not taking no for an answer, but but they're educated enough in the risk that they can then that they can then communicate that back to me as a consumer, 
right? Again, back to the tires and show me, you know, based on, you know, lack of tread or whatever it is on that tire that, hey, you need to spend this now or or you're really at risk of a bigger problem down the road. If they can communicate that to me effectively, I'm like, yeah, fine, sure, all four. Right. Right. It, beca- it, be- it becomes a much easier conversation because my trusted advisor, this, you know, whether it's the tire guy or my doctor, my accountant or my MSP, when that trusted advisor is well versed in the risks and the concerns, they can then share that better with me. Definitely agreed. And, and we walk into that all the time uh, at the MSP that I'm with. And so um, that is one thing that, you know, and we've been talking about liability insurance, cyber liability insurance and that kind of thing. And part of those hundred questions are now targeted towards your MSP. What are they doing to protect you? Uh, what do they have in place? And if you're not working with one, we suggest that you do some insurance companies actually will refer you to someone or, um, you know, but basically it's, you need some of these tools that they have in place or you need to do them yourself. But regardless, they're looking into not just your technology, but then asking, have you asked the right questions of your MSP, of whoever is helping you? Just to, again, following that supply chain and making sure that people are not just securing themselves, but then also holding others accountable for their security as well. It's a lot. It's a whole lot. (laughs) It is. It is. It is so much. But... You know, I that this is why experts are here uh, for for the it's a lot to, to break it down into bite-sized uh, pieces that are you know easier to digest and to handle, uh, especially as business owners who don't have time to deal with all of this and to uh, worry about it. Besides, you know, hey, I need to run my business. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on and talk about some of the items that um, you know you had to share with us. So, hey, thank you very much. Before I let you go, and before you tell us where we can find you, this is the surprise part of the show. Oh boy. <laughs> so we have a little fun. Since you just said that you are in Dallas, I'm going to, and I'm in Houston, so I'm gonna pick on you a little bit here. Oh boy. <laughs> No, no. So um, I actually just went to the, uh, are you a basketball fan? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as you are from Dallas, are you a Mavericks fan? I am a Mavericks fan. I I, I prefer college ball to NBA, but yeah, I mean, I am a Mavericks fan. Yes. Okay. Well, that's no excuse. I'm not going to let you out of this. Oh boy. I have no idea what's coming, by the way. Like, I'm really, I'm really like, uh, what is she about to do? What's going on here? So um, I am a basketball fan. Um, Very specifically, I am a Mavericks fan. Okay. okay. Uh, On Monday, I took my son over to see Rockets versus Mavericks game. We Uh were dressed in blue for Mavericks in a sea of red for Rockets. And it felt strange because it was my own city. And so my question to you is, have you ever sat through a game in the hometown of the game but cheering for the opposing team? No, no, that's, um, that sounds dangerous depending on the city. I mean, you know, I I don't know that I would go to an Eagles game with a, (laughs) with a Cowboys jersey on, Um, (laughs) but, 
Um, you know, Houston, Houston to Dallas, you probably can get away with it a little bit just because it's so close, but oh, that's, um, <laughs> sounds risky. It felt dangerous. All right. So that was the easy question. Second question is who is the best basketball player of all time? Without hesitation, Jordan, you can talk LeBron, you can talk you know, Kobe, you can talk, you can talk other players. And I think that there's merit there. But you know they're playing in a they're playing in a different time than when Jordan played, right? So um, I think if if you were to level it all up to say if Jordan were playing today, you know in his prime, you know how how would that all match up? And I think he'd wipe the floor with them. My opinion. All right, you are definitely welcome to that opinion. So third question is: Hold on, hold on. Uh, do you have a differing opinion? No, not well. Maybe. No, no. Uh, we're not, we're, we weren't asking me. <laughs> so the third question is, what new player, what rookie, let's say, uh, in that rookie stage, slash new, would you say is the best up-and-comer? Luca was rook- a rookie in what, 2020 or 2019? Well, I mean, I'm a Luca fan. Yay! Okay, you win. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the correct answer. No, <laughs> there was no right or wrong. So I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, at Doncic for for sure. I mean, uh, I think he's just standing out right now as a killer, brand new player in the last couple of years, um, and obviously here on the Mavericks. So I'm excited about him. Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm glad that you said that because he's he's my favorite and waiting you know for his next sixty point game and and all that. But we're not going to get into all of that. I feel like he he's definitely the MVP, just like I would say all of our customers are to their customers. All so. right, look at that, bringing it home. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Eric, for joining me. Um, tell us how can we get a hold of you? Pretty easy. Uh, e Pinto, so E for Eric Pinto, P I N T O, uh, at socksolder.com. That's S O C. S-O-T-E-R. I'm sure it'll be in the description is the, is the email. But, uh, you know, more broadly than that, I'll be at a, a ton of uh, different industry events this year. Uh, and I look forward to uh, to meeting you guys. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. And like Eric said, all this info will be on the description of the episode. We will also um, look for a link for the FTC compliance uh, in order for everybody to read up on that in case you haven't. And again, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Business Plus Tech Equals Success. See you next time. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Synetic Solutions. We are a managed service provider delivering proactive, fast, and reliable IT department to difference-making companies. Thank you for sharing this time with us. We hope you were able to get some juicy, helpful tips or some nuggets that got you thinking. If you want to connect between episodes, contact us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend.